Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. That was quite a long delay. And uh, this is the H&J Daily. Yeah, right? the what longest happened there? Daily. I don't know. It was like <laughs> we're on via satellite. We kind of are, really. We're still working from home, of course. Uh, uh, thanks for listening today. We've got some uh, yeah. a few highlights for you. Uh, Ed Chamberlain from ITV Racing. Join us. He's preparing to come back and present from his box room at home, isn't he, Andy? He is. And it was great to hear from that old stager, Tommy Cockles. Oh, he was yeah. on a great form of the old comedian. It was amazing. You hear a bit of the road trip. Steve Bruce, of course, you wouldn't want to miss your daily bit of Steve Bruce. I'm, I'm hooked on it now. Uh, Graham Courtney, our Northeast uh, correspondent, surprised us, didn't he, Paul? Yeah, he's got. He's going to keep you fit in lockdown. You'll hear that. We spoke to uh, Craig Blundell, who's a, a top drummer, big uh, talk sport listener and Evertonian. He he was talking about the life of a, a working musician uh, in lockdown. And, of course, we were in Russia. Uh, I think you may have already said that. And a bit of... Um, Bit of Matthew Said. Matthew Said. We forgot Matthew yeah. Said. Yeah, that's it. I didn't. I think this long delay means we've now both said it. I don't know. This, the delay is not this long on the show. It's only this long on the podcast. It seems <laughs> What's to be going on? Long. I don't know. Idea. Anyway, Matthew Said talking about uh, Andy oh, well. and Sue's ping pong odyssey. Here it all is. <laughs> start the show with uh, news of Elon Musk, the uh, owner of Tesla. You may have seen this. He's oh, yeah. just had a newborn baby, and he's called the baby XAEA-12, which is, uh, no, really, honestly, XAEA-12. And I was thinking, if he becomes a footballer, we'll be known as 12 Oi, 12 What are you going to call him if he's a footballer? X, <laughs> X-A-E. X-A-E. Yeah. So are you spelling it? A, Tell me. Yeah. X A E like A E connected. Yeah. A dash twelve. A dash twelve. Okay. Right. It's not a robot. <laughs> it's definitely a child. Is it? It's a child. What it's, about a, that? it's a wicked thing to do, isn't it? To give a child a name like that. Seriously. What would his mates call him? No, it's not. What is one of his mates idea. Don't worry about it. Don't, want to do, don't put too much thought into it. No. Uh, Angle de Maria's wife, we were talking about her yesterday, and one of her complaints was that, which I noticed today reading it out, was that the women in Manchester were too skinny, which is quite odd coming from someone married to the world's thinnest man, <laughs> whose nickname is The Noodle. It's incredible. <laughs> Why would you object to that? It does and, seem uh, odd. Derek yeah. Ch- I know it is. Derek Chisora is, is selling coronavirus masks ahead of his fight against Alexander Usyk. Yeah. And uh, I'm thinking, well, that's good, but I'm not sure I want to buy my PPE from Derek Chisora. <laughs> might go somewhere else. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're finding quite a lot of the other stuff doesn't work. It's all sitting in a lockup, isn't it, somewhere? Yeah, no, Maybe Derek Chisora's yeah, got stuff that would actually work. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. Yeah. It's probably, could we do it? And uh, I don't know if you saw also talking of babies yesterday, the Megan and uh, Harry yeah. uh, 
published pictures of the, of the new baby, or not the new baby, the year old baby was his birthday, Archie. Yeah. And uh, I was quite surprised to see Arthur Edwards give it the full royal review because, as far as I was concerned, they're not actually royal anymore. But he he, he still did it. But right. I do prefer the Daily Star's take on it. it. Was brilliant. They basically published a picture of Meghan and the baby with a sort of blacked out face and said, "Baby turns one shock." And the caption is, "A baby who lives in Los Angeles turned one yesterday." Oh, so they, 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 they're clearly know, making they a point. They're making a point. Yeah, here, I think they, they are. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> They're very, very much so. Um, what else have we got here? Oh, yeah, the brewery is bringing out a special ale in honour of Captain Tom or Colonel Tom. The papers yeah. seem to be confused. I don't know. He is Colonel Tom now, but they're still calling him Captain Tom. But although there's um, a charity element, I'm not sure this is right, all this marketing around him. Well, I am considering bringing out a range of Captain Tom Moore underpants, like Calvin Klein with his name on the west- waistband. They do a well. A vast portion of which will go to charity. I think I think people I think people would would buy them. I think they would. Wouldn't they? You think they would? Yeah, I think I they would. They I think would. people are buying anything with his name. He's hot at the moment, obviously for all the right reasons. He's very hot. And no, but for all definitely for all the right reasons. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. Um, we're going to so have a chat with the moose so, yeah. later on, Andy, of course, and uh, he's going to be uh, giving us his golden years quiz. You can join in at home. He's got his extensive program collection. And he just digs a few out at random and gives us a few clues, and we have to try and guess the mm. year, and, you know, by extension. Uh, if you want to play along, so do you. But uh, I saw this story and thought of him. Candice Wilkinson, 26. Don't care how old she is. Ate nothing but chicken dippers and <laughs> chips for over 10 years yeah. due yes. to an eating disorder, but can now eat normally in Leeds, apparently. Well, not just in Leeds, anywhere. That's where she <laughs> lives. But, she can, yeah. But I'm sure the moose looked at that and went, Disorder? <laughs> I was thinking of that story, but I was when you were doing TV burp. Yeah, didn't, didn't you do something on? Wasn't she featured as part of the program that she only liked chicken? Was that somebody no, else? No, there was a, there was a whole like series on BBC Three called Freaky Eaters that was a bit of a gift for us at the time, and that that, that would be so. You know, this is twenty-three-year-old Mary so and so. She was only crisps. And um, but yeah, it was uh, yeah. They, I think they stopped doing it in the end. Really, it was the same show every yeah. week, but just a different thing. Well, they doesn't norm- it doesn't normally stop them really. No, but, no, no, uh, there you right. go. <laughs> Good. Um, I finished watching that documentary last night, which I, I'm sorry, but I, I kept getting people telling me how great the Last Dance is. But the one I watch, I think, is a far superior product. It was such What's a brilliant. What's it called then? Just re- it's, remind it's us called what it's Celtic. Called. It's called Celtic Lakers Best of Enemies. Right. And it, it is basically about the best rivalry in the history of sport. Do you yeah. who appears in it a lot? Winton Marsalis. You wouldn't think so, would you? The jazz trumpeter. Oh, yeah, He's yeah. Brilliant. Not the plumber. He's brilliant. No, because he makes all the, not the plumber, no. He makes all these social comments. And it's all about how Bird and, and Johnson saved the NBA. And also this yeah. underlying tone, because Bird was white and Johnson was black and against the whole of the situation. I think it's, it's so much more rounded and interesting. I'm not, I like The Last Dance, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I get so many people say to me how great it is. And I just say, well, okay, we'll watch this one and see what you think. Cause I, okay, I, think you, I knew you'd have to pee on someone's chips, as you often do, even if it's the makers <laughs> of The Last Dance. But all I can tell you is, I'm not. On I know you. I know you're enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. I watched it again last night, and mm. it, it's it's an excellent series. I find it really engrossing, and as someone who's not the biggest basketball fan, a very easy watch. Um, and it maybe oh, no, as rounded I mean, a don't story. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I am. In, I am enjoying it. I just. Yeah. I just think it's just slightly less of a of a product in terms of you know its overall view. But it's, it is good. And he was right. The guy as well. The footage they've got, the HD footage of Jordan, which you don't have ever, you won't have ever seen, is yeah. incredible. That is well worth the, the price of admission. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. One of the great joys of this job for me and Andy is to catch up now and again and the chance to chat to a bona fide legend, in this case, from the world of uh, entertainment. As we home in on VE Day, I'm sure so many memories have come flooding back for our next guest. He was very active at that period in the theatres and music halls during the Blitz, of course. Um, He is now a small hotelier down on the Kent coast. Um, (laughs) He is the legend that is Mr. Tommy Cockles. Tommy, very good afternoon to you. Hello there to both of you. How are you? Oh, we're very good, Tommy. How how are you you faring in lockdown? Well, you know, life doesn't really change for me. I don't go out much. I eat mostly tin food. Um... (laughs) I did hear you talking about um, sell-by dates. 
the other yeah, day on yeah. pins, you know, and then as an old age pensioner, we have no concept of a sell-by date. We're rather proud of our old food. And in fact, I have some original corned beef that was given to me by Perry Como in the 50s. Wow, I really? I gave me through it, really? But uh, I was doing one of his songs, he got a bit upset, but I said to Marie, keep that, because it'll come in useful one day, and we had it last night. Well, not us. We gave it to the dog. But, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, mm. I mean, Perry would. I mean, Perry would love to know that it had gone. It had gone to good use all these years on. I'm sure. Oh, I imagine so. Yeah, it was a nice chat. You know. Yeah. Well, I met him. I mean, he didn't like me singing his songs, but we always used to cover the, the American songs in those days. You know. Yes, of course. At the talk of the town and venues like that, I take it. Exactly. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Um, now, mm. Go on. No, I was just going to say, Tommy, and um, Vera Lynn, of course, has, has been very prominent. We'll meet again. has been played a lot, not just because of uh, VE Day, but also because of the situation we find ourselves in. I just wonder, you must have worked with uh, Vera many times. I did work with Vera, and she is, you know, she's an enigma. Uh, she's a, the matriarch of the country in some ways. But what I would say about Dane, Vera Lynn and me, we were rather like Frank Lampard and Stephen Gerrard. We were both great professionals, but we could never make it work in the same team. And uh, really? you would find with her, when you turned up at the venue, she'd have all the towels, she'd have the kettle, you know, and you'd have to go and knock on the door and ask for, just ask to get the biscuits. I mean, it was, it was tough. But then she was, she was such a big star. What, what are you going to do? You know, she had a lot of power. Yeah, of course. I, I can understand there would have been sort of a hierarchy uh, in those days. Uh, and the Queen, I mean, you've, you've probably have, I don't know. How many Royal Variety performances did you do over the years? Can you remember? I, I did about nine that I was aware of. Um, I did five when I was drinking, and I, I can't remember a thing about them. But I did not. It took, me, it took her about four years to work out who I was, you know. <laughs> the early days, they just say, who are you, you know? Yeah. Or, have, you, have you come far? Or, um, aren't you my gardener? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Around <laughs> five, six years, they work out who you are. And they can ask you a few questions about your material or whatever. But bless them. I mean, what a job. I mean, that, just a face after face after face after face. You know? <laughs> well, I've been a ticket on the underground. I suppose it, it must be really <laughs> yeah, slightly, slightly more money. Um, so how how's it been going with the, the bed? You're down in Deal, aren't you? I wonder how the bed and breakfast has been going. I'm rather, you know, it's been colonised by the beers making the coffee and so forth. But the house prices have gone up, so we're not knocking it. Marie, my dear wife, she's still doing so well. She's a trooper. She has been making um, surgical masks. Admitting them, actually, uh, wow. people on the front line. Not the nurses, the paper boys and the ice cream men, those people. But I'm not sure there is any scientific proof that wool is any protection against the virus. No, I, I mean, that's that's true. I'm not sure knitted, actually, one's knitted out of way. It could be, a, I mean, it could they get a bit hot out, under uh, there. They're rather baggy. So I said, pack that in. You're wasting your time. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's keeping her busy, I think, because the hotel's obviously closed at the moment, so it's keeping yeah, her busy. Not, we were due to have Ollie Murs down, but obviously he won't be coming after what's happened, ever. But uh, <laughs> everyone's cancelled, Paul. It's terrible. It is a shame, yeah. I mean, can you think of some is of the great the great names from showbiz who've stayed? At, what's, what's your hotel called, Tommy? Is it? Is it uh... Uh, we, we just call it the Meadows. Uh, oh, lovely. That's lovely. We've got, it's nothing fancy. <laughs> two up, two down, four cereals. We've got a bird bath out the back. Birds never come, for some reason. <laughs> and uh, all my friends in the show have come and stay with us. Last year, we had to get rid of Earth, Wind and Fire. Right. Um, the, the, they were touring, you know. I love their music, Boogie Wonderland. But, you know, they left a ring around the bar. And they shut the radio times about. And I said, put it back in its cover, because we have a leather cover for it, you know. And on the third day, I said, Marie, I've had enough of this. Lot, and I puffed up my like a rod. I went in there, I said, you got out. And they went, Jack Smart, I can tell you. Because they left, I didn't know the bass player. Scratched my Allegro with a bit of keys. And I made a mental note, no more jazz fun bands. <laughs> no, well, I think that's, yeah, yeah well, I, can, I can completely that's understand right. that. Yeah. Um, I was going to say yes Andy well I was going to ask Tommy you, you don't know but is it true that Captain Tom Moore was a big fan of yours back in the day apparently so I have no recollection of it I've been told he was a fan you know I did lots of stuff for the troops again it's a blur you turned up you know they made a small pontoon stage 
you played the spoons or whatever. They all sat there in the sun or in the rain. If you were in the tropics, it was very hot. We did perform for the Gurkhas, of course, and mm. used to pay them in salt, which is oh, okay. why they were so popular. Right. <laughs> Very okay. good, yeah. Cup finals, Tommy. I mean, uh, did you ever Did you ever do it? I mean, you, you've probably been watching all the old football like all of us, but did you ever perform at an FA Cup final? I was, you know, a lot of these things are thrown up, you know, but I did. I was down to sing at one of the charity shields, but I got picked by Rod Hull and Emu. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a shame. I didn't even bother to watch. I didn't go or anything. I was very hurt by that because I, you know, my team were in the in the final. Yeah. Now I've also noticed on the Great Talking Pictures channel a lot of those old vintage movies, uh, yeah. a lot of your contemporaries, great friends of yours, Will Hay, etc. I've seen some of their films on there, The Crazy yeah. Gang, and uh, the, the there's a series of your films that have popped up that people don't really remember. I understand. Yes, they're generally showing the stuff when the people involved are dead, so they haven't got to pay anyone. But I made a series of films, the Periwinkle Collection, hmm. but unfortunately they came out at the same time as Norman Wisdom. Right. And, uh, it was a top-up, top-ranked, well, you know, who are we going to show? Norman Wisdom films or the Cockles films? And, of course, he had the extra benefit. He was prepared to hurl himself around like an epileptic. I wasn't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Periwinkle gets the sack. Uh, Periwinkle and the Fallen Angel. Periwinkle goes to war. Periwinkle gets the head, you know, all that sort of thing. They were very similar to, to the, the Norman Wisdom films. I think that's why they got pilled. But hopefully, they'll stick them on the afternoon or, or one of these days, you know, and we can all sit back and enjoy them. Yeah, that, that will be fantastic to uh, to see them again, certainly. So, look, Tommy, it's been an absolute uh, uh, joy to talk to you. You are keeping safe, you and Marie. I take it you're both, you're both uh, well at the moment? Uh, we've, uh, we don't go very close to each other. We're at that stage now when we're offering in different rooms. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's easier, isn't it? It is. As long as she can hear <laughs> well, that I can hear her. And it's comforting to know she's somewhere up, up at the top of the house wandering about. But, uh, yeah, we don't, you know, we don't, we haven't had a cuddle for a while, which is a shame. But hopefully, oh. you know, when this is all over, we can all have a great big cuddle. Yeah, that's very tough. Oh, I think yes. that's lovely. Good, a big nice group, we'll have a big group yes. hug. We'll come down to deal and we'll, and we'll, and we'll stay. Uh, it's cooked breakfast oh, included. You're welcome to come. Yeah, I'd love to. Don't bring that Adrian Durham. I don't want him coming down. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <Too> divisive. <laughs> Sorry, Tommy? He's a provocateur. He always takes the other side of the argument, whether he believes it or not. Well, he might do. He might yeah. do uh, scrambled egg or scrambled egg. Is it all that? He may. He, we could bring it to the hotel, couldn't he? he could bring that. that that's his own very <laughs> inimitable style. We could, but uh, yeah, if you you can bring the other one, but not his thing. <laughs> well, Tommy, lovely to talk to you, and you you and Marie look after look after each other, and all the best. Thank and thanks for jo- thanks for joining us. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Let's bring you. Uh, another trip back uh, into uh, Russia 2018. We're digging into the archives. It was day 10. And it was like a stopover in Moscow before we headed to Kaliningrad. This is what happened at the start of the show. Now, a bit of uh, bringing you up to date from where we were yesterday when we left Sochi. What a tremendous mix-up last night when we arrived at the Ibis Hotel. Mm. Uh, John and David, our producer and football editor, had to share a room. Oh, uh, yeah. But there was a mix-up over the booking. So the room booked was a two single beds, but it wasn't available. No. So the bad news was they had to share a double bed. The good news is they're now engaged. It's great. It's, it's so good. It's the first talk sport wedding. Congratulations, boys. And um, one of you surely must have used mine. Uh, that wasn't a pillow. Surely. It's too tempting, isn't it? <laughs> really? Taking you back to John Candy, etc. Uh, before that, it was one more white knuckle ride with our fixer, yeah. Nikolai, or uh, Lewis Warnock, as we call him. He looks like Neil Warnock. He drives like Lewis Hamilton, so we call him Lewis Warnock. Lewis Warnock, yeah. I'm proposing a, a new theme park based on his driving Warnock World. There's the U-turn helter-skelter, the wrong lane lottery. I love yeah. it. Oh, some of it was so bad, wasn't it? Yeah. And then we got on the plane, and John, John is a bit of a nervous flyer. So it didn't help. Our producer, yeah. Yes, it, yeah. it didn't help that our steward's name tag told us that his name was Fail. Yeah. Yeah, not. I hope his first name was an engine or. <laughs> yeah. 
he could have been Engin. He could have been Turkey. Yeah, Engin. He could have been Engin Fail. Engin Fail. That wouldn't have been good for a steward, would it? Oh, that would have been a disaster. We tried well, not re- a disaster, obviously. Well, we Last tr- thing you want. <laughs> no, we tried to reassure him that it couldn't be worse than driving the, to the airport with Lewis. No, no, but, that's uh, right. It was one of those flights where you sit at the back, and sometimes on a plane, you're not aware you're even moving, but it was turbulence all the way. And I could feel every one of those 500 miles an hour we were going at. You really felt like you are on a theme park ride for two hours, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And, and just at that moment, you asked for hot coffee and the thing started going sideways. Always a joy. As we came into land, the stewardess announced, the captain will now turn on the fasten the seatbelt sign. Mm. And John said, when's he ever turned the expletive thing off? <laughs> That's true, yeah. And then John got held up in security with the sort of big equipment case that we have yeah. here. But David, who's so desperate to watch watch football and he knew the match had started. He's the football editor. I know, but he was prepared to leave him. He just dumped just, him. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I said, what about John? He said, oh, never mind. He'll, he'll find us. Leave me. It's, <laughs> you go on. It's too late for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what John said. Yeah. And then there was a very interesting moment then queuing to get on the plane. This mm. tall, this big long queue and this tall Russian woman. Now, this, uh, this, this is quite fundamental to uh, our relationship, Andy, and the sort of people we are. There, there was a woman and... Uh, <laughs> She kind of pushed her way. Yeah, she eased her way to the front pushed. of the line. And Andy said, look at that. You know, they're not the greatest cures in the world. And I said, well, look, you know, I, I, I think she's business class. That's why she's kind of eased it in a fairly elegant way. She's not just barged in. Yeah. And you said, you always see the best in people, don't you? And I said, well, I do. He said, I don't. I see the worst in people. I said, OK, well, if she's in business, you've got to take on my worldview. And if she's in economy with us, uh, I've got to take on you. I've got to be cynical yeah. and, and yeah. see the worst. In. And Andy, and we got on the plane. Where was she sitting, mate? Damn, she was in business. <laughs> see, so there we are. Try and see the best in people, Andy. You'll be a lot happier for it. And uh, the drive back from Moscow Airport was also pretty hairy. I think it was Lewis Warnock's brother. Yeah. And he got in his minivan, and he opens the back to put all our suitcases. It's just full of stuff. Yeah. That's been a recurring thing. Every time we have got in a cab, um, there's been at least two baby seats in the boot. Now, this bloke's got a people carrier, and we've asked for it specifically because we've got a load of equipment and the kit to do the show. And he had about three baby seats in there. We're going to get one with quads next, aren't we? The only cab driver with quads in Moscow. It was ridiculous. But the first time we went, our head of football, David, had the old baby seat on his lap. We were so desperate to get to the airport. He sat there with it on his lap for the whole trip. He's mad. But um, now my wife, if she's listening, will love this. She's a lover of coincidences, my oh, wife. Yeah. And this was pretty spooky, and I swear to goodness that this happened. Yeah. And Paul and I were making our, our own way to the venue this morning, uh, quite a diff- distance from John, who's another part of the city coming from it. And anyway, we get on the tube and we're standing there waiting for the tube to come, the metro. The doors open and I swear to God, there's John there standing there. Same carriage. Same carriage. What are the be, chances? We'll ask Steve Freeth later on for Best 365. So I mean, of all, the, of all the tubes in all the town. Yeah. You know, all that. And then we get on the escalator. Yep. It's about a minute later and a guy stops. He goes, you're famous. You're famous radio presenters. Oh, I thought, well, not really. We know Gemma Collins. And yeah. uh, he, he, said, he said, no, no, I came on your show. I'm from Mongolia. Yeah. I, I play for Ul and Bator. It was him that He did. It. He came in with Paul Watson. Yeah, it's, uh, just a chance. That's the second coincidence today. We need a third, don't we? Well, we do, really. But Does it uh, work like that, coincidence? Well, they're supposed no, to. No, I don't. They don't. The producers, incredible. they don't. No, it's bad luck. That and is, this yeah. is our last show in Moscow today. So we yeah. thought we'd treat ourselves to it. We've got a couple of hours. We thought we'd treat oh, ourselves yeah. to a lovely we lunch. Par- when we were in December... We walked past this uh, restaurant called Semi Freddo. It's an Italian yeah. restaurant. And by Freddo Truman, the it, Italian fast bowler. Yeah, he, he opened it, yeah. It does look very nice. And so we had a look at the menu just now. And uh, basically, it was 25 quid for a bowl of ravioli. <laughs> 24, so 24, to be fair. Oh, okay. That's all right, then. We'll probably get about four bits. So I said to Andy, no, come on. That's ridiculous. You know, we're on a budget, for goodness sake. I hope the accounts department are listening. We're not taking the Mickey folks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're on a budget here. So... Um, but I was thinking, that semi-Freddo, what the price is in Freddo like? <laughs> oh, we take it semi's a little bit cheaper, but I we're was, not going I, there. Well, I was prepared, but, you know, what can I do? And uh, and funny, if we were talking food, we were talking holidays uh, yeah. about after the World Cup. Because, it's you know, I know you don't know sympathy for us listeners, but it is it is quite gruelling. So oh, a lot yeah. of the people... Yeah, the violins, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've had two and a half weeks at the World Cup travelling around watching matches. Yeah, we really feel sorry. Don't, don't even attempt, do not even attempt that, Andy.
And uh, so uh, I, David, our football editor, was going on holiday. I said, I recommended Italy to him. I said, it's almost impossible to get a bad meal in Italy, as opposed to here, where it's almost impossible to get a good one. Yeah. But never mind. He's going to go there and think they're the best drivers in the world by comparison. <laughs> yeah, and true. he's still about going down to southern Italy, where that is a compl- Imagine, Imagine our, our fixer heading down there. He'd teach them how to drive badly. Yeah, they think, oh, they'll be doffing their cap to him probably as they're driving, won't works, they? Works for yeah. me. Update on uh, John's headphones. Who may have he's he's abandoned them now. He's now using a handheld mic. He wanders around the pub with it like a crooner. Where are you from handing roses to the lady? Earlier uh, this morning at breakfast, at, uh, football editor Dave Walker gave me a copy of the Moscow Times. You know, I'd be yeah. interested in it. Yeah. English language. English, English language newspaper here. And there's, amazingly, there's a letter in the reader's section from Marie Gosnovich. Oh, is that right? That's incredible. So just like the sun. <laughs> just like the sun. I can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe it. Now, a strange sight when we got off the plane yeah. the other day. Uh, you know how your ears go when you're, you, when you're sort of flying high yeah. you, you, they start popping don't yeah, they and then you get off there and they're all blocked and you sort of the, the, I think the medical way is to swallow you know swallow quite hard and hopefully they'll clear well, uh, you should uh, say hold your nose and hold your nose there's yeah, various, yeah, yeah. various yeah. old wives tales of ways yeah, yeah, yeah. but the bloke in front of us had a very novel way with his girlfriend he was kind of flat Handing around the head like Mick McManus. He was doing what? Flat handing. Are you like Mick? He was flat handing <laughs> <Yeah>. the girlfriend. <laughs> I but missed all of this. You, you saw it, John, didn't you? It was, it was basically he wasn't being. Well, he was sort of smacking her on the well, side of the head. To, he, was tr- he was trying to sort of get her to, you know, to get her ears to sort of clear. No way. But it, you know, it did remind me of the great uh, wrestler from those days. So there you go. So, <laughs> so there we are, uh, back in Moscow. A little bit weird. Um, anyway, we want to squeeze in Steve Bruce. We'll bring you another uh, uh, bit from the archive tomorrow. I think we're in Kaliningrad. Now, that was an experience. Uh, so, um, Steve Bruce's murder mystery striker. And we finished Chapter 4 yesterday. And Steve Barnes, the, uh, the hero of the hour, has just been arrested, believe it or not, for the murder of his star striker, Pat Duffy. Chapter 5. It took me 24 hours to get out of custody. 24 hours wasted and I was only out on bail. I had to appear before a magistrate. The magistrate made it very clear that bail in a murder inquiry was most unusual, but as I had made certain sureties, paid an immense amount in bail, surrendered my passport, made promises to be of good behaviour, etc., he was going to set me free. My solicitor spoke on my behalf. All I had to do was be polite and look honest. That's no problem. I had nothing whatsoever to hide. There were lots of things I could have said. In particular, I believe that Chief Inspector Shannon had been hasty in making an arrest. Once this was all over, and I was confident it would soon be over and done with, and my name cleared, I might consider taking out a case against the police. We left the court in a taxi. It was now late in the afternoon of Tuesday, two days away from the squad. I dared not think what Eddie Carberry was doing with them. The game against Fulton was crucial. We were lying third in the table. Fulton were level pegging but had a poorer goal difference. The game on the Friday was going to be a six-pointer. My future as a manager, my place within the game, even my credibility within society was at stake. Most of all though, I feared what this was doing to my family. I asked for time to be alone with Bill Brown, but first I needed to speak to Julie. She assured me that flowers had been sent to Pat Duffy's parents in Ireland. The grieving couple had been told of my own grief, and they had accepted condolences. Bill and I went to the office. We needed to rest, but we also had to discuss how best to get through the week. You're innocent, Bill said. Do you doubt it? I asked sharply. Easy, Steve. Sorry, this thing's getting to me. I apologised. You're going to be found not guilty. No way will you go down. There we are. Oh, wow. Plot thickens there. Oh, Steve is obviously getting to him, and understandably, he's been accused of murder. Yeah. It would do, wouldn't he? Really? It's not like a hamstring. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. We've been highlighting the plight of different professions in lockdown. Those people that, on the face of it, you'd think would be finding it quite difficult to work at the moment. They have sporting interests, of course, and that's true of our mm. next guest. Craig Blundell is a uh, top drummer. He probably would have been touring now off doing clinics for all the big drum and cymbal companies uh, around the world. But he has still found a way, I-, I discovered yesterday having a chat with him, to keep himself very busy at home he's a massive talk sport listener and a big evertonian and he joins us now good afternoon craig good afternoon paul good afternoon andy yeah good to talk to you thanks for thanks for doing this um you're on your drum kit aren't you we're going to have a bit of a drum lesson that's something we're going to come on to but could you just give us a little bit of evidence that you you are right in front of your kit at the moment craig (laughs) i yeah i I am here this is what There we are. Yeah, there's no arguing with that, is there? No, no (laughs) arguing with that whatsoever. (laughs) So, Craig, um, yeah, you would have been touring with um, with uh, Steve Hackett at the moment, formerly a Genesis, wouldn't you? Is that that roughly what would have been happening now? Yeah, that's right. We um, we were out. We I mean, the tour started last April and it's been going right the way through. We've been all over the world, and then we got to Philadelphia and. a couple of months ago, I think it was, and then we got told that's it, get home. And it's like, wow, you know, you faced a, as a musician, it's feast or famine. So you're faced with a completely blank diary for the rest of the year. So um, who knows when it's going to come back? But yeah, it, it was an amazing tour. And then uh, back home to, wow, what we're going to do as any freelancer, you know, it's been really tricky. Yeah, but you've kept busy, haven't you? I mean, you, were, you I, I didn't realize that the, the sort of technology allowed you to do this to that extent, but you've, you've been working with different people uh, from home. Oh, it's been amazing. I mean, uh, we live in an era with technology, like you know, like 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 your industry as well. Is that I have like silent drums. So I work with a company called Roland, and we have these things called V drums, virtual drums, where essentially I can play twenty four seven and not annoy the neighbours all on headphones. So I've been working with um, someone we spoke about yesterday. I've been working with Matt Berry on his album, and we've just been bouncing files over the internet at all times of the night and morning, and and neighbours are fine. So yeah, it's been great. Yeah. Uh, he, Matt Berry, of course, is Toast, uh, a Toast oh, of London, toast, yeah. and the, the music that he, he he creates all the music for the series, and you've you've played on those in the past, is that right? Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, I've done quite a lot of. T- I've actually done quite a few jingles for Talksport on like with with dance and stuff, and he oh. does. Um, Matt Matt's really talented, you know. Not only is an amazing actor, but he's 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 one of the most incredible musicians I, I've ever been around, you know, and we, and, um, we hooked up via social media. It's very, very tenuous link. He was into Prague. I was playing with, I think, Stephen Wilson at the time on tour. And, and then we started working together and doing this thing. So we're writing this psychedelic jazz funk album that he's writing at the moment, which is amazing. <laughs> and, and I'm just recording it and sending him over parts. But, you know, the, the technology allows me to do it at all hours. You know, it's amazing. I don't know if you've uh, ever heard or read his book, Toast Memoirs. It's, it's, it's an audio book that he read. I read it or I heard it on holiday. It's absolutely brilliant. Completely different from the series and very, very funny. It's more like the history of Toast and how oh, he got there and what happens. It's, it's absolutely check, brilliant. Have check. You have to get a yeah. free copy, Craig, if you haven't read it yet. <laughs> well, I'm going to tap so, Look, yeah, He's yeah, that quiet. He's really talented. I mean, that, that, He's, he's doing like a, this, um, I think he's doing toast, he's doing like a, a YouTube sort of podcast thing at the moment and redoing scenes and the guy's brain just never stops working, which I yeah. love anyway. He's, he's, he's a really fascinating character. And so when you describe this sort of being able to play silent drums, are you still recording? So, so are people you are laying down tracks for people who are, who are doing music at the same time? How's, how does it work? 
Absolutely. I mean, what, what, what I get is they'll send me their album or they'll send me like the baseline or stuff, like if it's working with Steve Hackett or other guys, and I will literally work out the parts. Obviously, it'll have no drums on it, so I can then sit at my V-drums and um, I can work out some parts, send them send them straight over to them in context with the music, and they'll, they'll then come feedback to me and say, yes or no, does that work, does that not work? And then we make adjustments, and, we, and that's, it's just like being in the room without the producer being through the, through the screen. It just takes a little bit longer with the email process but we still get there and it means we can all keep working you know technology is pretty amazing your start in uh, drumming and becoming a player was through the military wasn't it craig yeah i mean i i, I started when i was three so um here's one for the dads i, I my my dad was um, uh, a best friend with the drummer of the swinging blue jeans back in the day in oh, mcgee wow. and uh, he got me back in, into the like picking up sticks thing as a, as a little kid. And then I always saw these, these white helmets marching up and down. It's like the Royal Marines band service. And that was it. I was hooked. I wanted to be in the Royal Marines and, and very proud and privileged to, to serve my time in the Royal Marines. And, and I, I learned my trade there, you know, I learned, I learned my trade and then came out going to the big bad world of Civvy Street. And I thought, oh, I'm going to make things amazing. And then did jingles on the generation games. <laughs> so it's, uh, it was quite strange. <laughs> it was a weird old thing. But uh, yeah, I've just, I've learned my trade and I played in a lot of corporate bands, a hell of, you know, a lot of corporate bands just working before all this, it kind of went crazy into the kind of rock and prog stuff I do now. Yeah. You also do, I, I saw you playing some drum and bass as well. I mean, uh, very different from the sort of prog rock stuff you normally play. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. You kind of, with, with my job, if I just played prog, the, the phone would only ring for prog. And it's quite, a, let's put it bluntly, it's quite a niche market. So um, I worked hard on all my, my, my jazz chops and my drum and bass and my hip hop and electronica stuff. And um, so I sent, hopefully I'm hireable for all different genres of music. So yeah, I, did, I used to work with a guy called Rebel MC. Do you remember him back in the yeah. day in the 90s? Yeah, uh, probably, he's now yeah. one of the biggest acts in jungle. He's, he's right. called Congo Natty now. So oh, I came yes, to do yeah. a few stuff with him. He's, he's amazing. So we did the, it was really, it was really interesting because, you know, I essentially play music where the queue for the ladies toilet is, is empty and everyone wears brown corduroy, right? So um, <laughs> I, I ended up going to do this SW4 festival with Congo Natty to these crazy people dancing up and down. It's like, wow, this is mad, you know, but I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. I play different styles and I have a lot of fun doing it for sure. Yeah. Now, you've I'm been giving... just to hear the swinging blue jeans mentioned. Yeah, Andy, it hippie, took him back shake. to his youth. <laughs> <laughs> took him back to his youth. One of the first records I ever bought. Yeah. Um, well, oh, now, do you know what? I was my yeah. dad's hero because I, used to, I play, used to play with like, the, uh, back in the day, like I'd do little like, drum jobs for the drifters and stuff like that. So my dad was like, he, he could understand. Now, now he would not understand a single band I play for, you know. <laughs> Playing Supper's Ready <laughs> wouldn't be quite as interested. The, um, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, you, um, you've been giving drum lessons as well, haven't you? You've, uh, I see you've got a kind of master class, which is a sort of paid for thing you do globally in lockdown but you've also every week on facebook been doing a a, a free sort of basics a tips lesson for people haven't you yeah i just think it's really important you know everyone's struggling for material and nobody can travel around so i do these master classes every sunday i actually got dancer in there last weekend to come and study with us and he loved it i fried him a little bit which is great and um <laughs> but yeah just giving away like a, a little free lesson once a week just to you know keep spirits up and just uh just we have a lovely community the drumming community you know like the broadcasting industry it's 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 pretty amazing and you see who your friends are and i thought if you know Everyone's been wonderful. Like all my companies, like Roland and Mapex and Peisty, all the people I endorse, they've all been great. And if I can't give a little bit back to people and make people smile through either a play along or a drum lesson, then yeah, it's a sad day. So I'm trying to do it every week for sure. Now you've got a, um, I think you're going to say you're in front of the kit. And is and is that are they a couple of drumsticks you got there? Well, improvised. Improvised. Okay, so <laughs> you're going to get Andy into a little basic exercise. We'll be able to hear him hope, hope on his uh, on his workstation there. So we've got a little basic yeah. thing you want him to try, Craig. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's just getting on the ladder of drums. It's that, th that thing when you were at school when you used to pat, you know, pat your head and rub your tummy. And you can normally tell the drummers straight away because they're just like, oh, right, you can't do that. So <laughs> it's the interesting thing. The interesting thing with drums, if you can count, essentially, it's it's relaying the information for your brain down to your four limbs. If you can do that, you can, you can do anything pretty much, really. So, Andy, all we're going to do is we're going to count to four. But what we're going to do is in the middle of them, we're going to put an and. So, so we're going to go one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and every time I, I say the one and the three you're going to play the bass drum so we'll have one and two and three and so that'll be the right foot 
One and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and. Now the right hand is going to play all of that. He's going to go the one and two and. So he's going to go one and two and three and four and. So the right hand is essentially playing eight notes. Four and one and he's two doing and well. three and four. He's doing great. Three and three. So kicks in. One and two and three and four and one and two and three. So when we're up and running, then we add the left hand on the two and the four, essentially. So we've got uh, this. <laughs> No, he's, he's now like a five-year-old bat. Remember that film, The Tin Drum? <laughs> Good in the grass. It, it's, it's turned into that, I'm afraid. It's, it's just a kid banging a drum now. So. You tried, Good Craig. Fun, you though. tried. So every yeah, Sunday yeah. on Facebook, people can uh, find these. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I, well, I kind of put the lesson out on a, on a oh, Thursday or Friday on okay. Twitter and all that sort of stuff. And then I yeah. do my masterclasses um, through my website at the weekends. And we're getting members from all over the world. And I'm getting a few few people in, which is, which is lovely. And, Brilliant. And, um, some, yeah, it's, it's been great. It's been great. And the support from people has been absolutely wonderful, you know. It's, it's not surprising I had a bit of natural ability. My dad was a drummer. He was a drummer in a group called the Monarchs of Melody in about 1930 or something like that. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. That's I know. The Monarchs that's of Melody. A, a big band sort of thing. Sorry, I didn't hear was that John speak. But was what it a big band, great? Andy? Was it like, was it? Like, I'm not sure what they were really. I, I, they used to do tea dances, kit, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. I think that's it. One of them, was it? He loved that. Yeah, he was good at that. Yeah, Craig, it's been great to talk to you. Craig Blundell, that's B-L-U-N-D-E-L-L.com. All the details there, the master classes and more and what Craig's up to. Why don't you take us out? Let your imagination run wild and you can play us out into into the travel, Craig. Lovely to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you too, guys. Stay safe. Here we go, then. Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Andy, you mentioned earlier on you tried the John Terry workout, a high-intensity workout. I did, yeah. Sidney oh, Cummings has been doing tough. it for uh, uh, Ollie, as he just told us. He's been trying these workouts, an online workout. I've been doing the Joe Wicks with my lads, absolutely killing me. Been, really? I've never squatted so much in my life. It's, uh, <laughs> Are you doing it but, every day? <laughs> no, no, about, about three or four a week. That'll be in bits if I did it That's every good. day. But um, <laughs> everybody's doing different workouts. And our assistant producer um, popped into his garden for the pre-show meeting the other day. And I said, why are you in the garden? He said, uh, he said the missus is doing uh, a workout indoors. I said, what, the, the Joe Wicks? He said, no, it's uh, a personal trainer, Courtney. And we all said, not Graham Courtney, our North East correspondent. <laughs> yeah. And we thought, yeah, you know right. what? Th- that might work. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, this should be an absolute cracker. It really should. Let's start with some uh, star jumps, shall we? Okay. Out and in. Out and in. And you just get the impression. It looks like Peter Schmeichel at the Gallagher there with Les Ferdinand bearing down at him 10 yards out. It really is. <laughs> All right. Let's go to... Let's go to squat thrusts like uh, Brian Jacks on Superstars. Remember Superstars? It was, it was one of those where Kevin Keegan came off his racer on a cinder track and you just got the impression that they needed a lot of Savlon tracks like they really, really did. All right. All right. Shadow boxing now. So left and right and left and right. I believe Bowyer, which makes you Kieran Dyer. You're absolutely right. You really are. And it's one of those where you don't have to worry about getting hurt or having Graham Sinesse call you into his office afterwards, which, uh, well, you just get the impression it's not the best place to be. It really isn't. Thanks so much for your support, guys. It's been absolutely fantastic. It really, really has. I've had messages from all over the world, really, from people saying they've tuned in. I've had messages from Newcastle, Gateshead, Jarrow, North Shields, South Shields, Ashington, the Borough, Bishop Auckland, Morpeth, Whitley Bay, Durham, Hartlepool, Blyth and... Well, I'll tell you what, I've even got one over in Sunderland. How about that? That's fantastic, it really is. Now, shake those feet out in front of you. Right and left. Right and left. Careful, careful, you've got space to kick out and you don't hit the skirting boards. Otherwise, well, you'll, you'll have to say it's one of those where you'll look a bit to Murikat's buyer and it'll hurt your toes. It really, really will. <laughs> well done, guys. 
You absolutely smashed that workout. You really, really did. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Even sooner than the football, the racing will return. They've been given the, the go-ahead. Do you think there's a meeting tomorrow taking place uh, and then other meetings planned? Uh, in this country, it, it looks like it, we're, we're kind of edging ever closer to a return to the sport. And in Redmond for that, uh, Ed Chamberlain and Francesca Kumani have been uh, trying out, uh, presenting the show from home. Uh, I'm very pleased to say that uh, Ed Chamberlain from ITV Racing joins us now. Ed, good afternoon. Hi, chaps. How are you? Yes, we're, we're not too bad. How's lockdown uh, been for you, Ed? Uh, listen, it's not ideal by any means. Um, I'd love to be earning again and so on, but there are an awful lot of people an awful lot worse off than me, and Hampshire's a good place to isolate, I suppose, and like everybody, you know, you're just very grateful to everyone who's working so hard on the front line and keeping things ticking. But as you say, hopefully live sport and live racing is only just around the corner. Have you been homeschooling? Yes. How's that, how's that been going? Someone might walk in, and, in just a second in the room and ask about coastal erosion or something, and I <laughs> probably, won't, probably won't have the answer. But uh, doing our best, I wouldn't say I was a natural. <laughs> it does. It makes you realise, I would imagine, the kind of the little holes in your own education. You mean this? That's nothing to be ashamed of, of course. I think a lot of people are experiencing that. I tell you what, it makes you you realise is how patient teachers are. I mean, mm. they they are just incredible. I, my patience has been appalling. <laughs> it's difficult for everybody, Ed. But uh, racing back in Germany today, which is a good sign, I suppose. And uh, they've kept going in Hong Kong. They've kept going in America, which is incredible. But it would be good to get it back here. I mean, what are the signs? What are you hearing? How likely and how quickly will it happen? Well, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there, I think, Andy, because racing is very fortunate. One, that it's a non-contact sport, obviously. But more important than that is that there's a benchmark, if you like, elsewhere as how it is done. Ireland kept going for 10 days or so after we were in lockdown in this country. And all this time, they've kept racing, as you say, in Australia, in Hong Kong and Japan. And now it's starting in France uh, on the 11th, in Germany imminently. And that in a time where governments are copying each other, aren't they? And you can understand why. And for racing to have that to look upon and see how it works. And it does work very smoothly. And that will hopefully make life much easier for us and stands us in pretty good stead, I'd say. We're going to see a lot of top races, Ed, sort of truncated into a, a few meetings, aren't we? I mean, we're going to see a lot of very good racing all at once when racing does return. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, it's going to be low-key to start with the first weekend when that is. It, listen, it could be next Saturday, for all I know. Hmm. It could be the 23rd, more reali- realistically. We'll wait to see what the Prime Minister says on Sunday. But yeah, it's going to be all concertinaed into some fast and furious action. The second weekend is just... In racing terms, the best races are called group races, and it's just going to be an absolute feast of group action. But I I must admit, and you two will understand this from our chats before at big meetings, I think as important as the action will be the job I've got, and the the kind of thing I'm rehearsing in my little office here with the cameras is how to get the tone right, how to get the PR right, how to explain to people who will tune in, and hopefully they'll tune in in big numbers, looking for that little bit of escape, and sports fans will be watching racing, and I need to explain for football fans and rugby fans, how our sport racing is happening when theirs isn't. And that's going to be a very important thing for me to explain, to explain how we're broadcasting it safely and under you know, government guidelines. And I think there's a real PR job for me to do post-Cheltenham, post a few things that's happened, because racing's done an awful lot of good in this lockdown as well. Paul mentioned about <clears throat> races being truncated. Is it true they're planning to do the Derby and the Oaks on the same day? Potentially, yes, but Epsom's got a problem. I'm not sure if you've been to Epsom, Andy, but, you know, with the Epsom Downs, that is mm. a public area in the middle of the track, which gives Epsom a bit of a problem. So, listen, yeah. there's ways, hopefully, around all these things. So they've made their submission, and hopefully that is very much the plan to do both the classics on one day. I mean, that will be some day. And Epsom will be a strange place if it's empty, but those two classics, Epsom, as you know, is a completely unique track, which makes those race is so special so i've got everything crossed that they can be run at epsom which i always describe as like presenting it at anfield or the old white hart lane because the closest racing gets to it with crowds on both sides and the buses and etc it's like a cauldron normally it'll be very different this time around but i think it's really important that both races are run at that iconic track 
What about uh, the horses traveling? Because, uh, you know, our big races, horses love to come from Ireland, they come from France, they come from Japan, they come from America, they come from all over, don't they? So will that still be able to happen? Or are we talking about basically at first just horses that are base training in this country? The answer at the moment is we don't know. But all this time during the entire lockdown, the breeding operations have been working as normal. Mares have been traveling to Ireland from this country uh, to visit Galileo. I've put that in as best terms as I can. And uh, <laughs> horses have been traveling freely between England and Ireland for that purpose in that time. So hopefully, hopefully that can happen because you talk about a Derby and an Oaks. A Derby and an Oaks without Aidan O'Brien and his horses would not be the same. So we'll wait to see what the directive is on that. But fingers firmly crossed that that can happen. So I think it probably could. So we've been watching the isolation, Jeff Pope's isolation stories on ITV where kind of cameras and lights and everything were just dropped off at an actor's house and, and they did their own thing. Is that essentially what's happened to you? They've kind of got you a broadcast kit at home and, and you, you've, you've kind of put it all together and, and have been trying things out. I'm looking at it right now. Right. I'll put you in the picture. I have a monitor. I have two bright lights left and right and I have two cameras in the middle, one of which I can work and one of which, very cleverly, I don't know how, gets work from HQ. So that camera, when I'm talking, is often spinning. And right. it was all trialed on Friday. It was very odd in, in my room. And the, the key thing, Paul, is I'm sure you do Zoom quizzes with your family and Zoom this and that. Mm. The backdrop is so important. Yeah. And I'd left up a bit of sports memorabilia. And when I left Sky, I got a sort of a Monday Night Football present, which is from Gary and Jamie which was on the wall. And I think, yeah, that has to come down and there's a little bit of racing memorabilia go, <laughs> going up behind. <laughs> Might stick the BAFTA in there. You never know, which would be really nasty. Oh, yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> the, back, the backdrop is all important these days. Yes, of course yes. it is. Like That's Jason right. You, images, everything. With, Jason Manford set the standard with book and shelf on bits of paper behind him. I thought yeah. that was Because <laughs> people's eye is taken. You don't want that. If you're kind of, they want, they, they kind of want them to concentrate on you. I mean, if they're trying to see every spine of every paperback you've ever read in the background, <laughs> that, that can be a bit distracting, can't it? Well, yeah, I'm not sure I'd fall into that category. I'm not sure they'd be that keen to see me. I think Francesca most definitely, but uh, there's been a big tidy up because my little office at home is tiny. So I can, I can touch the cameras literally. There's been a big tidy up and, um, it doesn't quite look like a studio. This is about as close as I can get to it. And then you've got all the talk back and my director's working at home, the director's assistant who does the timings, working at home, editor working at home and being able to listen, as you guys will appreciate, it's probably the most important thing of the lot, actually. If that goes down, if my Wi-Fi goes down, uh, I'll be in real trouble. Yeah, of course. But I think what people will be forgiving. Mate? I think oh. people will be forgiving. Yes, I think, I think, I think, yeah. I think so. we've hopefully worked on that basis for the last six weeks. <laughs> well, actually, the last 20 years. <laughs> yeah, 20 years, then my six weeks. <laughs> what about makeup, Ed? I mean, you know, I mean, you're a fine-looking man. You probably, you probably don't need any, but, I mean, what would you do with the light? You mentioned the lights there, so you probably do need a bit. I very much need, need makeup. But the one thing I need at the moment, not something that troubled you quite as much as a haircut, if I'm honest, Mm. I look like an absolute <laughs> shambles. So, uh, like there was no people, need for that. I heard that. <laughs> we, we've, bought, we've bought scissors, we've bought clippers and all sorts. And that's scheduled for Monday before yeah. another rehearsal on Tuesday. So keep your fingers crossed for that. And yeah, we did. Well, you two came into the makeup truck at Cheltenham, if you remember, which oh, was yeah. an age ago. So we're, we're so well looked after normally. And this is very different. I've got all my kits. You'll be pleased to hear different types of bronzers, bronzers, different shades. Um, <laughs> And when we did a remote, we did a remote one from Kempton one day for racing in Ireland. So I've had a little bit of practice. I, I made an absolute mess of it then. And uh, I will probably make a mess of it next week, but I'm learning. You want to do, if, if you're trying out those different bronzers, try the Matt Chapman Walnut. That would, you'd look good with that one, I think. <laughs> the mahogany. Yeah, the mahogany. That would certainly, that would certainly look good, I think. Uh, and another little idea, the kids are homeschooling at the moment. And what better lesson, if Dad's going to be on the telly, than, than home hairdressing? Just give them the clippers and then just see what happens. It may, might turn what, out what, well. Do you know what the high, what's the highest grade you can do with clippers? Is there a sort of grade 10? But I think that's barely no, touching you, it. That's a comb, I think they call that. Yeah. <laughs> Number two wait, all wait, over. Wait, that could Ollie be. Bell. Ollie Bell's a friend of the show. Wait till you see his barnet at the moment. It's huge. Really? Oh, really? We, a, we had a quiz last night and he got absolutely ridiculed for his hair, yeah. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
from TalkSport. People have had different lifelines in lockdown. I think it's fair to say for uh, Andy and his uh, wife, or just the two of them uh, in the house at the moment, it was a cheap little gizmo, uh, basically adjustable table tennis net that they put on their dining table. And mm. Andy decided uh, in week one or day one of the lockdown, he was going to teach Sue to play table tennis. She'd never played before. She had no interest. Um, uh, but it's become a passion. Some might call it an obsession. And the, <laughs> they reached their flat record last night. 655 uh, shots across Pretty the impressive. table. I mean, there were, no one's going for a winner. <laughs> let's be honest. You're very much... It's a survival. No, no it, it is... It's amazing the number of people who watch it on Instagram and then say, oh, she's giving you the runaround. Because, of course, she doesn't move. I have to put it back in the same place for her all the time. And it's not a game. The game is we're playing together. Oh, she's beating you again. No, it's a rally. I don't know people don't get it, but that's yeah. what it is. It's a simple game. Keep the rally going. Each You've got a record. Each day you try and break the record. That's it. It's, it's not great. It's great. Tennis, I'm sure it's fun de- for us. Well, I'm sure delighted with the news of that. He's the former British number one <laughs> Olympian, uh, now journalist and author. Uh, for the Times, of course. Matthew Say, good afternoon, Matthew. Paul, Andy, how are you? So I've seen the, the video. The, what's fascinating about it for me is the first one, Andy, you knock it across the net, sue your wife. She's really struggling. She hasn't got the right grip, and you try and coach her with, with yeah. getting the grip correct. But then the last video that I've seen, it's, it's a fast-forward one, right, where you're playing mm. this long rally. Yeah. But you can sort of glimpse the coordination. I mean, I don't want to exaggerate. You're unlikely to be playing in the 2028 <laughs> Olympic Games. No. However, you know what? It, it tells me, I was really, in, look, I don't want to overdo it. I was really inspired by it. because It shows me that when you put your mind to something, the scope for improvement can be vast. And honestly, I was massively, massively impressed. Really impressed. Oh, that's that's very sweet, Matthew. And I tell you, a lot of people who make comments have mentioned you. They've referenced you. They've said things like, oh, that bears out Matthew's 10,000 hours theory. I mean, it's, I suppose, true, isn't it? The, the more you play, the better you get. Well, this is the thing about my, you know, I've, I've had a quite an unusual life. You know, I was a ping-ponger, you know, went into journalism, write books. I've had a, sort of a number of different careers, but in all of them, it's amazing how people say to me, particularly on the table tennis, you know, you're a real natural. Because obviously, as the England number one for a decade, you know, I look pretty natural, coordinated, good understanding of spin, um, finesse. But I knew how bad I was at the start. I had seen, as it were, from my own perspective, the journey that you're sort of, to a certain extent, taking as well. And so it never felt natural to me. And it's often when you ask it, you know, as a writer now, I had a, a, um, a, a, a tweet from Gary Stevens, a former footballer. He read a column I wrote. And he said, oh, he said, you're such a natural at writing. I'm, look, I'm not saying I'm a great columnist, but I was terrible <laughs> at the beginning. But I was encouraged. I had an opportunity to write for The Times, an editor who let me keep going. And so if I am, you know, better than mediocre now, it's only because... I had an opportunity to write and write and write, and it's taken 20 years to, to, to become a you know an okay writer. The the accessibility of the game that you you played is is a kind of great at this time. I mean, I Andy, uh, my son went off to get the shopping uh, a couple of weeks back, and there for six pounds was uh, two <laughs> table tennis bats, the same sort of adjustable kind of net that you can put on any yeah. table and a couple of balls and you're away it's such an easy sport to play and you can play it indoors it's or play it outdoors it's it's great from that point of view. it's been i imagine it's been a lifeline for a lot of people in uh, lockdown oh it's, it's a great game it's a great it's a very democratic game you, know, you can put because it's so space efficient you can't stick a badminton court in the dining room unless you're you know, Bill Gates. Yeah. Uh, I don't think one, Bill's yeah. got one of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, tennis or, but table tennis, you can play, and you can also play at any age. It's a game that is, I hope you found this, Andy, it's a really absorbing game, strategy and spin and all these. I've had so many text messages. I had a text message this morning from Boris Johnson's brother, you know, Joe. Hmm. Yes. Joe Johnson used to be in, in, in Parliament. We were at university together and he sent me a text. He had just gone to Amazon and bought some Matthew side 40 millimeter balls and he started playing <laughs> in, in the kitchen. So every, everyone, I think a lot of people, there's a resurgence of table tennis. I'm seeing it everywhere. 
And the, the other thing I noticed, Matthew, is that people who comment on my Instagram, you can tell, I sent to Paul yesterday, you can tell how old a person is by which table tennis player they relate oh, to. On, so, for example, on, yeah. 65 and upwards, that's Johnny Leach. 55 <laughs> to 65, Chester Barnes. 45 <laughs> to 55, Desmond Douglas. 35 to 45, Matthew Said, of course. And, and if you're older than that, it's Victor Barner, but you're going to be like 100 if you like remember him. So <laughs> there you go. I've got to say, I'm impressed with that. I'm really impressed with that. I did a piece in the Times about a month ago on, who was it now? It was about an American player called Marty Reisman, um, who competed at the, he beat Victor Barner in the 1949 English <laughs> Open final at Wembley. And I got emails, from, because the Times readership, I mean, it's all demographics, but some of them are, you know, are older people. Mm. I had letters, probably the biggest mail ban I've had. One of them had umpired Victor Barner at a competition in Budapest in 1952. Oh. Somebody else oh met and played with um, Johnny Leach. It was amazing to get the feedback. And you're right, older people. There was a post-war boom in, in table tennis on both sides of the Atlantic, and Barner, Bergman... Leach. They played to you know, 10,000 people at Wembley. It was absolutely massive. It only really started to decline in the sort of, and it was big in the holiday camps as well, Butlins and Pompey. It started to decline really in the 80s and it's sort of slowly coming back, but it's not back at the, the peak we saw decades. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. And uh, despite it being uh, the early May Day bank holiday, we'll be here. Let's be honest. What else are we going to do? So uh, we'll join you. We'll have Nothing. the clips of the week. Marty will join us uh, with a homage to an old uh, friend and colleague and footballing legend. And, oh, Martin Kell and all the regular Friday stuff. Until then, stay safe. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 